Hello to all my gong enthusiasts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. Rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hi everybody, it's Chris Gethard And welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous A lot of feedback from that, that Kansas barber caller I think there were a lot of people out there Excited to hear a live environment Excited to hear, you know, the cautious optimism of a, of a live crowd As we recorded that one in Philly And a lot of people were just downright charmed by our barber friend from Kansas, as was I. And if you're listening to that, going, yeah, I would like to go to a live taping of Beautiful Anonymous. I'd like to see my old pal Gether do some shows. ChrisGeth.com for all the info. I know we've got uh, Rochester this Saturday. we got Woodstock next week on the 12th. And then a whole bunch, San Francisco, Sacramento, Columbus, Cleveland, a whole bunch. Go check if your city's on the list at ChrisGeth.com. Now, um... Where are we at with this week's episode? It's a good one. It's a really good one. We get to geek out over marching band a lot. How about that? How about that as a start? But that's not the main thing. That's one of those side tangents that we go down here because I get excited about dumb stuff. Reality, we're going to talk about getting married. We're going to talk about body image. We're going to talk about unfair expectations that are put on us. And we're going to talk about how uh, the world of online being has changed dating and has changed how we meet people, sometimes even people who turn out to be our people, the person, the one. So there's a lot of hope in this call. There's also a lot of philosophy. And yes, a lot of marching band. Enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Is this Chris? It is. The stereotypical entry of, is this Chris Gethard? Wow, how are you? (laughs) Well, that's making me feel good. Um, How am I? (laughs) I've booked some acting work in Canada. I'm going to film a little bit of Space Force Season 2. Very, very happy to have a job. Canadian government does require a full 14-day quarantine, even for people fully vaccinated. So I've been sitting in a hotel room without leaving. I'm on day nine starting to go a little insane, and I'm very happy to be talking to another human being. <laughs> well, I am very, I'm happy, we. I'm very happy to be part of your day. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for getting in here and helping me out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I know, I was just playing Animal Crossing to pass the time, and it was nice having all the music in the background. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because I, it was the last week of school in my school district last week, and it was my first time that I had ever gotten through to the music. And of course, it was like mid-fire drill because, you know, they have to get in when I think it's like four or five a year now or whatever. And I was like, wow, got through. And then now I'm home, summer break, we're sitting here folding laundry, laundry with my now husband. We'll get to that. And okay, I kept okay. trying, trying, trying. And I was like, mm, I'll try one more time. And lo and behold, <laughs> here we are. Okay, that was a lot of info all at once. It's a lot of info all at once, but I am into it. I'm into it. <laughs> so sorry. Clearly, it's like the nerves. It's like I've listened for quite a long time, and so it's wild to actually be talking to you. <laughs> Happy to be talking to you. Happy to be talking to you. So where, where should we start? 
with everything you just uh, spitballed out there at me? <laughs> everything I just spewed out at a million miles a minute? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, like I mentioned, my now husband, I actually got married this past Saturday. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, like we five days ago. had record. Yeah, literally this past Saturday. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, we had record high temperatures, which was not expected. (laughs) I literally told everybody, we did not order this weather. (laughs) I promise this was not the plan. Um, Where I'm at in the Midwest, you know, usually mid-June, it's kind of starting to get warm. But nah, Mother Nature just decided to slap us in the face with it. (laughs) And were you able to have friends and family there? Yeah, so the way that we, well, we initially had hoped to do our wedding the fall of 2021 so this upcoming fall but last december hit we were still you know in the pandemic everything going on and we just we had one day where we just kind of looked at each other and was like why wait you know we had been engaged since june of 2019 and my fiance just finished up school uh for graphic design and yeah we just figured off to the races and so we got married the Saturday after the Wednesday where it was the last week of school. <laughs> so wow. literally finished up with students, rehearsal dinner, do the thing, and here we are. That's cool. And that's I feel like that's such a nice thing to hear of you had the wedding. It, it felt like there were actual people there. Uh, was yeah. everybody wearing masks Honestly, or did though, it start to feel normal? It started to feel normal, which I've been really um, – I feel like I've been extra cautious with everything going on. And especially as a teacher in an elementary school, you know, wearing masks every single day and keeping up with the precautions. um, It was that first moment where it felt good to be around people and feel comfortable giving hugs. And we did an outdoor ceremony. So that helped too. um, Mm -hmm. The the venue had just lifted um, requiring masks along with the state. And so we were able to have close family, uh, a couple of friends, and then our officiant and her husband were um, mutual friends of my husband and I's that we found out later. Um, it was really cool to be able to to come together with people who we cared about the most. Nice. And we had a um, virtual after party that included our out-of-state friends who would have been bridesmaids or would have been ushers and had them be part of the day, too. Okay. Okay. So you kind of had a small, normal feeling ceremony, the virtual one that kind of recognized that it would have been a bigger deal if it could have been. And I feel like that's a good, mm-hmm. for anybody listening a hundred years in the future, who's been hearing everybody mention COVID, it's like, oh, and here's one of the first calls that's talking about our way out of this thing. And I love it. And most of all, <laughs> congrats to you. Congrats to you on the marriage. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. How did you guys meet? Well, we met on Tinder. Tinder, nice. <laughs> which, yep, yep, which, you know, I swore off as a cesspool for a very long time. And I'm sure that there are listeners listening to this now who probably would agree with me. Um, but yeah, my now husband and I, we, we just, we lucked out kind of finding that diamond in the rough. Um, yeah, it, it was one of those things you never really expect. You know, apps are kind of the quote unquote way to go nowadays. Yeah, I got because I got I started dating my wife in 2012, and I feel like it was just when 
I don't feel like the apps were a factor. I don't know. I'm gonna look up when mm-hmm. when Tinder when did Tinder debut? When did Tinder debut? Oh, is, man. That is that what you say? If I had to debut? guess, I would say like 2013, 14, maybe. It came out September of 2012. I got together with Hallie October of 2012. And I tell you what, thank there God go. for that because my life would have been over. My, my <laughs> life would have been over. I, it would have been a psychopath. I think I've mentioned this on the it's show. It's a hard thing. I was having a real hot streak back there in old Brooklyn, New York for a while. Uh, and comedy-wise, people were digging me. I was like a hometown person in New York and... I think I mentioned this on the show. An employee from OKCupid told me that at least a few years ago, if you listed Chris Gethard as one of your interests on OKCupid, they were able to statistically see that that increased your chances of, uh, pardon my French, getting laid. That's what I was told by an OKCupid employee, (laughs) was that if you like me in Brooklyn, it helps, uh, helps everybody get some of that sweet human connection. Anyway. And how does that feel? It feels... It feels actually great. Bringing people together, that's awesome. There you go. It's awesome. A little weird. It means I've lived a weird life. I've lived a very weird life, but that's okay. That's okay. I would say that's, what an accolade. <laughs> oh, but I would have been addicted to those apps. Were you were you a regular user of the app when you guys met? Had you had like the more traditional Tinder experiences and the bad dates and the hookups and the, yeah. this, and the fake pictures? You know, had I, you been through all that? Sure, the the aforementioned pictures of appendages. No, um, oh, oh, I I was on Tinder and the uh, some of the other apps for a while. At the time when we met, I was living out um, in the southwestern part of my state in a teeny town of fifteen hundred people. You know, teaching band, and it was one of those things where the dating pool was very very small. And so I had just been in my best friend's wedding, who was actually my matron of honor on Saturday. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet and just pay for a month of Tinder Gold or Tinder Plus or whatever they call it. And I was like, you know, you never know what will happen. And then this guy came up and I hit the super like button because why not? Super and like. now we I didn't know about that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's, there's hope like. out there, put it that way. And there's more than... And just the, you know, because I feel like Tinder gets such a bad, or not bad rep per se, but it has a rep of being more for just hookups and, you know, the getting laid, like you had mentioned. But this is, <laughs> this is that nugget of hope for people out there that if you're looking for your person and you are on Tinder, you never know what can happen. All right. That's great. So you get to, so you're, you're chatting a bit, you, uh, how quickly, how quickly do we decide, hey, let's actually get together and hang out? Yeah, so it was actually that Thanksgiving. So we met early November of 2018. And then around Thanksgiving time, I was planning to pop back and see my parents. And so we set something up. Um, we went and got coffee at a shop down in, um, so I was about to say where I was, but I didn't. I saved it. Um, at a coffee shop in one of the bigger cities in the state. And yeah, coffee turned into dinner, turned into going and getting drinks. I kicked his ass at Scrabble. And it was just one of those things where we found out later that we had a really good feeling about each other. Um, And, you know, we dubbed that as starting dating, even though, you know, sometimes it takes a little while, but it's funny how we had that feeling really early on. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where we were very smitten. 
and I wanted to make sure to keep level-headed just so I tried to avoid getting hurt because I'd had such poor experience with dating prior to that. Um, you know, so getting in your head and kind of wondering, okay, am I exactly what they're looking for? And, you know, just learning to trust myself and have that confidence in myself and my body, which was a big struggle for me as a kid and led into adulthood. Um, you know, just, just trusting that I am a good person (laughs) and that I am what this person wants. Wow. That cut pretty deep. That went really fast from Tinder jokes. No, I like it. Tell me what you mean about that, though. What, so you you had said that you'd, you'd had some reasons to have your guard up, felt it mm-hmm. out. What, do you want to talk more about that or no? I don't. I guess it's my job yeah. to pry, but yeah. if you don't want to, it's all good, yeah. too. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. No, self-image and body image have been something that I've struggled with pretty much my whole life. Um you know, growing up and seeing what my friends in junior high were able to go shop and buy to wear or what have you, you know, it, as far as being a quote unquote bigger girl, when I was growing up and leading into adulthood, I mean, it was a, it was a tough thing to, to learn that it's, it's important to love yourself because being a teacher of younger kids now, especially, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, Hey, guess what? The media may tell you one thing, but stay true to yourself and be who you are. And I feel like that's gotten a lot better over the years. So that's really nice to see, um, you know, with celebrities and figures who have been promoting body positivity. And God, even honestly, being in my 20s, seeing mannequins who didn't look like a stick figure was a big deal. So then I sit here and I think to myself, okay, what's that saying to that, you know, 11, 12 year old kid walking through Target? Oh, I can wear stuff that is age appropriate. Oh, I can feel good in my body. So I don't know. I just, I had a lot of struggles with that. And I think it's normal for all of us to have, you know, something that we may look in the mirror and be like, ooh, that's it popped up out of nowhere. Or, ooh, I wonder if my double chin's going to pop up in wedding pictures. You know, that was like the most recent thought in my brain. And it's like, no, I'm going to look back at those pictures and see myself as a beautiful person, the beautiful person that I know I am. And I know that that journey is not easy for everyone. I've been there. It sucks, you know, and I'm sure I feel like I've heard you talk on the podcast with callers before about that, of how, you know, we have this perception of ourselves that's hard to shake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, everybody has something when they look in the mirror. And I sit there, I go, yeah, for me, it's very often like my face. That's what I, I'm like, oh, I'm not like, oh, is that zit going to go away? I'm going to, I just, oh, that's my face. <laughs> oh, I have that. I, I hear you. And then some days I go, I think I'm an all right looking guy. And then the next day I'll go, I look <laughs> like I crawled out from an underground lair. What? So I, I think I have some, it switches every day and I don't, it's not like I'm changing yeah. my look. It's just clearly I have mental problems where I visually see myself differently. Anyway, I'm so happy to hear that you've had those moments of quiet victory. And how cool is it to hear that seeing things like, like hearing that you work with kids now and then you'll see a mannequin that is not something that would have been set up in a store when you were a kid and you sit there and you go, Mm-hmm. I remember being a kid and I see kids now 
And it's giving me this bridge to understand that small things like this are not, they're not even that small, right? Like it's, it's yeah, some, no, something totally. simple to do with a big effect. Yeah, for sure. I just, I have hope that it's going to get better for kids <laughs> and for yeah. our kids, kids and even, you know, for your, for your little guy, you know, I hope oh, that, yeah. I hope that we're, we're in this world now where, yeah, there's a lot that's not as positive, but there are those little nuggets that we need to kind of find and grasp onto and keep in our pockets. Yeah. It's, it's really strange having the kid right now because it's on the macro level, there's so many things where you go, I don't think this is hyperbolic to say, okay, I'm 41 years old. That's, I'm not a young, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And this does like politically, it feels the most tenuous it's ever felt to me. That's scary. That's scary. And socially there's so many things that so tense but then I do sit there I go just like you said you go oh but now a kid's gonna grow up and maybe things like that maybe magazine covers and mannequins aren't going to invite self-consciousness I sit there I go well my son isn't gonna grow up in a an environment where he he constant you know I've been thinking so much Mm -hmm. lately I, I feel like I've been talking about this so much lately of now that I raise a kid, I go, why were why were parents of my generation so intent on scaring us all the time? They wanted us to be scared all the time. Every time you leave the house, oh, yeah. watch out for people in vans and Satanists and people just as clowns. Hi, did you have a magnifying glass into my childhood? Because <laughs> it, it, I totally have experienced that same thing. <laughs> why did they do that? Why did I have to eat breakfast and stare uh, at a uh, milk carton with an image of a kidnapped child on it to start my day? Like... All these things where I go, oh, I'm not going to yeah. scare my son. And there's a lot of things yeah, where right. my son faces them in, in in a way that I cannot believe shifted in my lifetime. Like mm-hmm. not only if my son, if my son someday needs to tell me that he's having mental problems, not only will he need to he won't need to sit around scared about it for years like I was. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and I right. also think so much about, and this is not true everywhere and this is not true everyone, but it's a remarkable difference where I go, man, if like not only, if, if my son someday wants to tell me that he is not, uh, he's not interested in marrying a woman and whatever context mm-hmm. that takes on, like not only will that be significantly easier for him than it would be for me, someone in my generation? But I go, wow, like, mm-hmm. my, I feel like we're even hitting a point where amongst some of us, it's almost like it would be silly for him to be scared. Like, I know my son, I'm like, oh, it'd be silly for him to be nervous to tell me that. And that's not true for everyone everywhere, certainly, even mm-hmm. right now. But even to feel that that yeah. context was able to change within my family during my lifetime, I go, wow. Okay. There's some small things that are really good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But then also our government isn't functioning and a lot of the world is turning fascist. There's that. But if my son's depressed, I'm not going to be mad at him. So what can you do? Yeah. Mental health. Even when I was growing up, like I mid pandemic right before, let me think. I think it was last July, August before the school year was starting up. You know, there's a lot of anxiety over and I've heard uh, past calls of 
of fellow teachers on Beautiful Anonymous talk about this too. So, you know, it's a very similar experience, but I started anxiety meds and that was something I wished I would have had when I was younger, even, you know, later college into adulthood. (laughs) I think back and I'm like, oh, it would have been nice to have that assistance there. But at the same time, like even my husband, God, it's so funny getting used to saying my husband. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he's noticed a big difference too. And it's one of those things that the timing worked out the way that it did, where it's been a help and not something to rely on, which is good. Um, Wow. I just went in a monster circle and I don't even remember where that started. (laughs) Me and you both, me and you both. We like to chat, me and you. I can tell we're both chatters. It's good. Let me ask you. I want to. Let me focus no, but, back. Up. Oh, you were saying, go for it. No, go. No, hey, go ahead. You're good. Like I said, train of thought just went <laughs> nowhere. So, well, I was going to ask. You know, you you said that. You know, we're talking about all these positive changes, and a lot of that is rooted in this mm-hmm. conversation about your relationship with your body, and seeing that. Yeah. There's so much more. Um, there's an actual pushback against negativity. Kids these days are going to see images that that might help them even dodge this being as much of an issue, though it always will be on some level, I'm sure. But to bring it back to you, so Mm -hmm. you meet this guy on Tinder. You have told me that, you know, we got into that whole conversation because you said that at times with dating, this was maybe a stumbling block. This was a thing that would get in the way, Mm -hmm. whether people would say callous things or whether you were in your head deeply about it. I'm sure at times there was one or the other or both. A little bit of both. So how, how do you, it's a very basic question. When you're meeting someone on an app, which is different than the way things were done 15 years ago. And you're someone whose guard is up in a certain area. How do you know when to let it down? How do you know how to let your guard down? And what's the reaction that this guy gives you that takes him from being Tinder match to husband? Let's pause right there. Now there's a good question, right? How does he go from a face on a phone screen to a husband sleeping next to you in bed? We'll find out the answer to that question and many more when we get back. Thanks so much to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. How do you know when to let it down? How do you know how to let your guard down? And what's the reaction that this guy gives you that takes him from being Tinder match to husband? Ooh, what a basic yet complex question. You know, I think the fact that I could see from day one how much he already had accepted me. You know, I, you can already pick up on this probably, but I've got a, I'm a very quirky outgoing person and having been told in times in my life that it's too much, or, you know, especially as a teacher in the, in the field, I'm a music teacher, um, you know, in my field where a lot of men are in my position being a woman in my position, like, you know, you get, you often get told that you're, um, or you have that perception, right. Of you're not good enough. 
And I feel like seeing how quickly we had things in common and just right away how I had this feeling that he was different. You know, we found we found things we had common ground on. You will appreciate this. He is huge into wrestling. And I even put it in my vows that I will watch WrestleMania with him every year. So, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. Wow. Wow. OK. OK. <laughs> yeah. That's commitment. But um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have fallen asleep this past year. Uh, but anywho. I mean, you know, I'm into it more than I let on. Put it that way. You should watch but, the Royal um, Rumble. The Royal Rumble's more fun. Royal Rumble's yeah, the most fun one. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't have committed oh, to WrestleMania. WrestleMania's gotten too long. Royal <laughs> Rumble. Always fun. So Yeah, there you go. No, but but it we were just on the same page. You know? And so I think deep down I was ready to let my guard down, but I wanted to keep it up because I the inevitable, well, quote unquote, inevitable. Um, but I just had assumed it was too good to be true and had assumed, oh, I'm not good enough to have somebody love me the way that he does. Um, but then it hit that point where, you know, I knew he was the real deal by just the way he cared for me and does care for me. He's probably going to listen back to this. And he's a very wear your heart on your sleeve kind of a guy, which I love about him. We were blubbering messes <laughs> during the ceremony um but yeah no he just it, it, it it's taken a long time for that self-love journey but to segue just a little bit back to um saturday with the wedding so we had the ceremony in person and we did our after party in a virtual format so we were staying at an airbnb and the host was lovely. It was a family of four um, with a little three-year-old girl. And I found out from the Airbnb host later that the little girl was like peering through the window when we got back to the Airbnb after the ceremony. And she said to her mom, mommy, she looks like a princess, <laughs> which first of all, made my ovary burst. <laughs> it was so sweet. And second of all, made me really realize that like, that's the image she's going to have in her head, you know, of remembering back to when somebody got married there. And it just, it, it, it really put it into perspective for me how, yeah, I feel like I've made it. Not just because I had a wedding dress on, not just because I have a husband who loves me for me, but it, I don't know. It, it's one of those things you like can't put into words fully, you know? First of all, kudos to you on, uh, saying the phrase that your ovaries burst. I don't know if that's something you've heard before, <laughs> said before, if you invented it off the top of your dome right now, but kudos to you. Ever since you said that, I've been having trouble focusing. I've been sitting here rubbing my eyes. But I know what you mean. What a nice, quiet moment. Right? First of all, we should probably just out there, uh, pro tip for any future Airbnb owners in this situation, maybe on a post-wedding that's probably a specific time to not have your kids poking through windows. Um, traditionally, well, af okay, after a wedding, there may be things you don't want kids seeing. Just pro tip. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me clarify first. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Their property their property was nearby, and it was a barn where we were staying in. So she was peering outside of their deck window when we okay. were like out in the driveway. So it's not like the little okay. girl was like, ooh, who's that? Just so just it. to clarify. Just, saying, just, saying, just putting it out there. For many, many parents, just kids don't, 
they just got married. Let's not look in those that window right now because they are. There's one of two things happening. They're either exhausted and passed out, or something that we don't need kids to see. Anyway, but what you know what I really love about what you said that moment of how much it meant for her to say she looks like a princess. It's, it is that is like quietly impactful, right? Because oh, hundred percent. Yeah, because especially like you said, in the same way that you. Tell me if I'm connecting dots overzealously here. I don't want to put words in your mouth. In the same way that you don't see mannequins that look a certain way growing up, and now you do, it might not be like my generation, based on the you know the movies and the cartoons that showed princesses, I don't know if every girl would have felt like a princess based on what we were shown princesses to be back then. So to be called one right. must feel really, really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially, you know, now that the narrative, and I've, I've loved seeing this in, um, especially Pixar, there's a Pixar short. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I think it's called Out, I think, where um, this this guy is moving into his new house, and there's a picture of him and his partner. And, you know, he's kind of hiding it and, and isn't sure how the parents will react. And I won't give it away at the end, but it's a happy ending. Just seeing how that has changed in media, like we've been talking about. Or, um, you know, the show Queer Eye on Netflix. Familiar. Jonathan Van Ness has a kid's book about a, um, about a non-binary guinea pig. And so it's just cool to know that students, or students, here I am in my teacher mind, kids are able to read these stories and see these movies of of just showing diversity and celebrating diversity of all types. Yeah, I'm with you. I get, I'm going to say something that sounds off topic, but I don't think it is, which is that I realize, I look back now and the older I get, and now they've become these movies and this billion dollar pop culture empire and like defining American pop culture in the past bunch of years but I look back when I was a kid I go like man am I lucky that when I was eight years old I found Marvel comic books man was I lucky because mm-hmm. you think about Spider-Man mm-hmm. his whole story is he's he's this nerd who's constantly living in his head and kids at school pick on him and you know he yep. likes the girl and then the bullies realize he likes the girl so they shame him in front of the girl the X-Men the X-Men were born that way and P- and they're freaks. Right. And people people don't like them or trust them because they're kind of weird freaks. I look there and go, man, that helped me so much. That helped me so much. So that's mm-hmm. why when people when people sometimes get up in arms about like, oh, why do we need, you know, what we're gonna change the way we do things to like, you know, back in my day we didn't need X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, I'm lucky because I had that, and and now I'm, and you think mm-hmm. about who I am. I I have a very easy path in American society based on how I was born and where I was born and all sorts of conditions. Mm-hmm. I sit there, I go, man, yeah, let's have a book. Let's have a hero. Let's have a Disney princess that makes somebody feel the way that Marvel comics made this cheesy little white guy with glasses feel like it doesn't seem. Heck yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it seems like, very good thing. I know there's a book. Um, mm-hmm. There's a book we have for Cal. It's really crazy. It's really cool how many 
Oh, these books are out there. We have one about it's a real life story. Actually, the podcast, This Is Love, which I really enjoy that podcast, did a story on it. Mm. We, we had the children's book before it about there was a, um, a man who found a baby in a subway station in New York. And, oh my the, God. and the judge kind of out of the blue at this hearing where they were hearing about the circumstances by which the baby was found just turns to the guy and is like, okay, so that's how you found the baby, right? And they're like, He's like, yeah, he's like, I think you might, do you want to adopt the baby? It seems kind of meant to be. And they were like, what? Excuse me? And it was a, a gay couple who this judge was just very, had this instinct of like, you're very caring. And this was born out of love and a beautiful story. And I go there, I'm going, I'm reading this children's book. I, in 1982, when I was two years old, I can't imagine a children's book about, about a real life recounting of a, of a, homosexual couple finding a baby on a, a subway platform right? and a judge like very beautifully wow. holding their hand towards getting them together permanently. In 1982, that book would have been <laughs> burned. That book would have been burned. Thank I mean, God we ugh. have that today. Thank God my son <laughs> has that. That would have been the most Absolutely. controversial book when I was two. And now it's a thing that sits yeah. on my shelf proudly and no one blinks an eye. It's a good thing. I love it. It's a good thing. That's great. That's not a melodrama. I can literally thing. see your book, your book on my bookshelf too. So oh. it's, it's funny. So I'm like, nice. oh, Thanks. all these kids' books, and then your book is right there. Now, you're married now, five days. Yes. You're also yes. a teacher. You filter a lot of your yes. answers through. You've even slipped up and said students. This is clearly something you care about. <laughs> so much of what we yes. talks about talk about keeps looping back around to when I was a kid, things were this way. And now I'm an adult and I'm sure. discovering they're this way. There were things that happened when I was a kid. And when I mm -hmm. managed to master them or wrangle those feelings or deal with those feelings, this has happened. It's clear that you care a lot about kids. You've been married for five days. I got to know, are we aiming for our own kids someday? Oh yeah, Absolutely. You know, our, our parents on all sides, <laughs> you can tell that they've got the grandkid bug already, mm -hmm. even though we're like, oh man, this is really funny because I literally came up with this analogy the other day. It's like, I, <laughs> oh, this is great. I literally do not want a bun in my oven at this point, but that does not mean that I can't appreciate the baked goods when they're in front of me. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it does. It's a well thought out analogy. <laughs> well thought out analogy. Yeah. So yeah, eventually, like literally we went over to my parents' house before the wedding because we were vaccinated and it's feeling good to do so again, which is great. Um, but you know, my mom even got a new rocking chair. and She, she very funnily looked over to me at one point and was like, you know, you could rock a baby in this. <laughs> so eventually, yes, you know, within a couple of years, we want to be able to enjoy being married. Our cat is a bundle of enough at the moment. <laughs> and so he's a, he's a great little cat. You know, I adopted him when I was living out in that small town when I had met my now husband. And he's, he's a dog-like cat, which is about all I could have asked for. <laughs> but um, so, yes, long answer to your question. Eventually. Your kids are going to be lucky someday. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard Thanks. this. Have you? I mean, and I say this with love and as a compliment. 
and you're a teacher, so I think it's it's something you must know. But like, you got good mom energy. You know this, right? <laughs> you know you got good oh. mom energy. There's a reason that I was nicknamed the speech mom when I was in high school. Oh yeah, I the speech mom. <laughs> you are you not far off. Mom? What does the speech mom mean? Oh, I was in speech when I was in high school. And oh. so they dubbed me and then one of my high school best friends who also was a captain, Mama and Papa, which was very funny. But yeah, no, I've always been like the band mom, the uh-huh. theater mom, the whatever, to the friend group of like the nurturing, the caring, like you're talking about. So you're you got, definitely not off. <laughs> you got that good mom energy. Your kids, you're, yeah. listen, and you, you'll probably be teaching career-wise, but I'm t- your kids are going to be those ones where it's like, all right, we got this activity lined up. We got that activity lined up. In between, we're going to have a play date with this friend. We're going to bake these types of cookies. We're going to do this and that. We're going to And I'm not trying to make anything gendered with baking cookies or whatnot, but I bet, I bet your kids are going to have some mean home-baked cookies someday. I could tell you got this. You, I laugh because you're not wrong. You, I, I know. I, I'm, I'm getting good at reading people on these phone calls. And I'm telling you, you are... You are going to be the mom who throws your kid a birthday party where then other parents who attend or pick their kids up try to hire you to throw their birthday parties. You're going to be Oh, it'll person. be a rager, like a kid party rager. No, you know, it's funny throughout the whole wedding party or wedding party, whoo, wedding planning process. I have said to myself a few times, I'm like, you know, if for whatever reason teaching doesn't stick as my thing, I think being a planner would be my niche. Because it has been so fun. And this last year of teaching has been bananas. And while I love what I do, as you can clearly sense and tell, you just you never know what'll happen. Yeah. But no, nah, I love teaching too much to the point I don't think I could ever leave it. And I I, I get but, the sense I your know. students are very lucky to have you. Now, another thing I've deduced. You are a music teacher. You mentioned that you were in, in speech in high school. You were the captain of your speech team. I believe you even mentioned something about band in high school. This makes me feel like you are, and I speak as someone who was one for two years, a marching band kid. Is this true or false? It is one million percent true. I yes. was drum major senior year. I want to guess. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, finish. Just don't, don't say what instrument you played. Don't say what instrument you played, but... So drum major, senior. Okay. I knew, I knew you were, yeah. I knew you were marching band. So drum major, this is huge. This is huge and controversial in every marching band. You met your matron of honor as part of your marching band. I did indeed. So you are, and I, I say this again. So many of my friends were in marching band, and I don't know if I've ever told this on the show. You'll love this. You'll understand this more than anybody. So. I was not a marching band kid. Freshman, sophomore year, I wasn't a marching band. And a bunch of my friends were. And they were like, dude, you should join up. Because that's where all the other kids who like the Simpsons and stuff like that were, you know? Oh, and sure. A bunch of the other pro wrestling fan kids. And they're like, you should join the marching band. I'm like, I don't even, like, I played cello. I'm like, you can't march with a cello. And then I started to realize there were a couple girls who had pretty big crushes on, and they were all in the marching band. And then I found yeah. out, then I found out that there is a very low commitment thing you can do to play in the marching band that's kind of a side a side door in where I was able to take the bus rides on weekends and go on the marching band trips, but it was like not even a third of the investment 
of an actual marching band full-on member. Do you know which section I joined? You're going to love, when you find out what I did in the marching band, you're going to lose your goddamn mind. <laughs> Can you so you played an instrument. I did play an instrument. Okay. I am sensing if you were a marching band that had pit percussion. Sideline percussion, baby. Yeah, there it is. What did you play? Okay. So just to explain to people who aren't marching band heads like you and I, uh, you called it pit percussion. I was new to sideline percussion. This is basically percussion percussion instruments large enough that you physically can't march with them. So they sit on the sideline kind of next to the drum major and the drum major conducts you over there while everybody else is marching. So no marching did, didn't have to do any of the choreographed stuff. Didn't have to memorize that weird book. It was just show up on the days the that it's the music, just the music rehearsals, no drills. And it was great. And then I still, and mm-hmm. I tell you what, first girl I ever kissed was a marching band girl. And my girlfriend, my whole senior year of uh, high school into college, marching band girl. So my, there you go. My, my strategy, my strategy there, my instincts were correct. Um, let me ask you this. Knowing the types of instruments that are often played as part of sideline pit percussion, are there any where you're sitting there going, Chris, please tell me you played blank? Oh, man. Well, I'm assuming not a mallet instrument since it was like a joint. By mallet instruments, you mean like your glockenspiels, your vibraphones? What did you just say? Yeah, 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 like marimba and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you just say? I would have said maybe gong. Oh, me and you get each other, my marching band friend. Yeah, look at that. Oh, man. That's right. I'll pause. Everybody take a deep breath. I played gong. Nice, for marching band. Take a deep breath. Listen to some ads while you while you get over that. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, that's that. All the ads are done. We're going to finish off the phone call. Oh, me and you get each other, my marching band friend. Yeah, look at that. Oh, man. You might be asking yourself, did you do the music of John Williams like every other marching band in the late 1990s? (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) Did you hit that gong in Jurassic Park? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. I was the gong guy. Gong. There it is. It was gong, the big the big bass drum that's on that stand that tilts it at 45 degrees. Yep, 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 And, and yep. then a, a couple chimes. I had some chimes in there, and then I think at, at one point I had to do like a little dance with a tambourine, but I'd rather not discuss that. Incredible. Incredible. That was me. Me and you linked up on that. Now, that's awesome. Now, I wanted so- to use – okay, yeah, you know what? I was going to say, let's flip the script here yes, a little bit. Yes, same page. Based off of the, how long have we been talking, by the way? We have about uh, 19 and a half minutes left. Hey, so we're doing good. Based off of the time that we've been talking, what would you guess that I played? So what would I guess you played? I've had this question in my head for a long time now. You were the drum major. So this means people listening might not understand this. And I don't even know it fully because I was only sideline percussion for two years. There's a lot of political 
chicanery within the confines of any high school marching band. People from certain sections are regarded in certain ways. It demonstrates a level of seriousness. Would you agree Not with that? Not wrong. There's yeah, 100%. certain sections where it's going to be rare to see a drum major come out of that section. Others where it's more likely. If you ascended to the heights of being a drum major, uh, I feel like this is a I very- I will give a hint you would like. Well, let me make my first guess, which is, but I don't know that this fits yes. your personality based on what I know. For some reason, the words alto sax are sitting in my head. You're close. Okay. Okay. What are these hints? You're, you're close. So it is also a reed instrument. I initially thought piccolo, but yep. then I'm sitting here going, no way a piccolo player gets to drum major. No way. I've seen it happen, but no. And it's oh, in the middle of saxophone and flute. Uh, well, we're talking clarinet then, clearly. Also, as a pickup, piccolo yeah. is not a reed clarinet. instrument, is it? It's Correct. Reed. Yeah, clarinet. Clarinet. Pretty, that's a pretty, pretty traditional yep. bass to get a drum major, I would say. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, in my husband's high school band days and a little bit in college, he also marched clarinet. Now, we did not know each other then, but it's still fun to know that we could play duets together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a life, a built-in duet partner for life. I mean, hey, that sounds pretty good. And do you still play? Do you still play the clarinet yourself? Well, I do. I um, thought you'll like this. Throughout um, distance learning, I did a, you know, the acapella app where you can record like multiple videos of yourself and put it together into one. I do not, but I like it. For music. Yeah. So some people have done it with singing more so, um, hence the, type, the name acapella. But I did a four part for Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. And then at Christmas time, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And my students went nuts. And of course, I dressed up. <laughs> I had an old Belle from Beauty and the Beast Halloween costume. Well, not old per se, but an older Halloween costume that I used for one of the little things. I had a Minnie Mouse one. It was very fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love it. Has your husband ever played your clarinet just for uh, just for kicks, just to see where his chops are still at? Yes. And how does yes. how do the skills and, hold up? I mean, my clarinet is good, but he he was a little rusty. Um, mm-hmm. But well, when we don't live in an apartment, it'll be a lot easier because, like, when I was doing lessons um, from home during distance learning. My neighbor on one side of the apartment was not too pleased with me uh, playing hot cross buns on the alto saxophone with a kid. So it'll yeah, be a lot easier when we have a house and that won't matter. But, now, yep, but yeah, clarinet, one of the other things that we just happen to have in common. Look at that. I love mm-hmm. it. How would you respond yep. as uh, someone? I, 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 my guess is that you're younger than I am, but we come from a shared background and some generational things as a music teacher, someone who played music in your past, how would you respond when I now reveal, I believe for the first time on the show that when I turned 40 and had a midlife crisis, I bought a cello to start playing cello again. How would you respond to this? I love it. I think that's great. I'm not sure. Now that you say that, I feel like, I feel like that may have gotten brought up on a call. Okay. Okay. Fair. I don't know. It sounds familiar, but I think that's great. 
Because, you know, everybody's always <laughs> like, oh, it'll come back to you. And I, I agree with that. I think it does come back. Does it take a little bit? Yes. Just like riding a bike. You know how to do it. You're going to wobble a little bit at the start, but then eventually you'll find your niche. So I, I think that's great. I was shocked that I can still read sheet music and it was pretty natural. Mm, there you go. Because that's a thing. There you, you go. That's like a language you learn as a kid. So I guess you don't, you know, you can. Oh, truly. You can redevelop that pretty. I, I just picked up the cello, looked at the sheet music and I was just pizzicato. My bow skills. <laughs> I, uh, shameful, shameful. But pizzicato. I was also all of a sudden looking at the there sheet music. I had s- printed out some pop sloop John B. All of a sudden I'm ding 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 Even some of the holds and some of those half notes, I was like, oh, I remember how these mm-hmm. work. All right. All right. That's awesome. But yeah, it's always fun to like pull those those loves and skills from when you were younger and be able to realize, hey, I still got it. I don't know if this is turning 40 and freaking out a little bit, which admittedly I did. I don't know if it's the pandemic, but for all of us, I sit there, I go, man, that used to make me happy to play music. Mm-hmm. I should probably mm-hmm. play music again. I don't know if that's a midlife crisis or if it was me going, this feels like something that should be happening right now, but it makes me happy. Maybe more of an epiphany. Yeah, yeah I mean, more of a, an epiphany than a crisis. It's also that thing that I realize more and more when I get older where I go, I don't need to be good at a thing. <laughs> you know, like I can do a thing and not be good at it, and that's fine. There's other things I'm good exactly. at. Exactly. And think about this. What is that gonna teach Cal? Um to make impulse buys in the middle of the night on the internet. And then a cello <laughs> shows up in a box and your wife goes, What's going on? <laughs> not what I was going for, but true enough. No, it's gonna show him, hey, it's okay to make mistakes. Like literally that's what I say to my students all the time. And I will impart that wisdom on my future children is like, Hey, this is a place where you can make mistakes and guess yeah. what? We're going to fix it. And that's okay. And you know what else I like about that? And it's a companion thought. It's also going to teach them. Don't apologize for liking the things you like. Don't apologize for it. I remember as a kid feeling like so like bashful that I liked the things I liked and wanted to pursue the things I wanted to pursue. I remember feeling very much like, Ooh, I should shut up about people are going to make fun of me if they know I want to be an actor. And it's like, I wish I didn't grow up in an environment where either that was the case or where I was so convinced it was probably somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Just like the things you like. Right. Don't sit there and apologize. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I was that weird kid who knew exactly what they wanted to do when they were an eighth grader. And here I am doing the thing. Is it exactly what I thought it would be? No. I literally said as part of my vows to my husband, like, if you would have shown me a Pinterest board, even, or a Facebook, (laughs) I don't know if any of us want to see Facebook posts from back when we were in like, junior high, high school, but I'll laugh. That didn't Um, exist until I graduated college, but that's neither here nor there. looking back at those moments and being like, you know, this is what I thought my life was going to be. And now fast forwarding it to 2021, you know, is it what I imagined? No, but it's better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I like it. And he was a big help in that too. I mean, the fact that the fact that he, had his nerdy things and I had my nerdy things. And a lot of those nerdy things were things that we shared. It was really fun. 
you know, like video games. I played Guitar Hero all the time when I was younger. <laughs> it was a staple of my childhood. And of course, then the PS2 gets packed away and you get into other things. But now I have a Nintendo Switch and love playing video games. I grew up with dogs. I actually trained and showed dogs when I was a kid. And now I have a cat, even though, I mean, I want dogs at some point. But it's just funny how there are those things where it's like, you think you know what life's going to be. And then some of the things maybe were the same. But some of the things are different and possibly for the better. And that's just real life. So that's just real life. Mm -hmm. What's the age range of the kids you teach? Fifth and sixth grade, even though I'm looking to teach a little bit older of kids. You're not going to try to start teaching middle school kids, though, right? Let's skip right over that. <laughs> I would love to. No, no my no, first no, job no. was... Um... <laughs> middle school? <laughs> yeah. Middle school, a.k.a. Uh, mini mini prison, in, in, my, uh, in my experience. Well, fair enough. No, the first, the first three years of my career, I was doing um, 6 through 12 bands at a small town. And then now I've got just 5, 6 in a different district. And yeah. There, there, there's something. <laughs> now, but it's fun. When you go, when you get up to the high school, how soon until you start figuring out how to become one of these band directors in the marching band? Be honest with me. I mean, it'll it'll depend. We'll see. Do you have designs on this? Designs? Did you say? Yeah, like, are you sitting here going, okay, there's a very well-respected longtime marching band leader in this district, and that's great, but maybe I can start oh, in, sure. get in this rhythm, oh, and sure. someday overthrow that person and stage a coup and claim this marching band for myself. <laughs> I mean, hey, you never know what'll happen. No, it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting time having, having just tied the knot because my husband and I are both looking for jobs since he just graduated. And so we're kind of in that mode right now of, okay, we're not exactly sure where we're going to end up. Um, so applying for things for both of us has been tricky, but right. hopefully something will pop up soon. And right. whatever's meant to be is meant to be, right? And you said he's doing graphic design. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's so cool. he just graduated. Um, How he old is, he? is about a year and a half. Yeah. He's a year and a half older than I am. Um, so he will be 30 in February and, um, yeah, he actually was in the air force for five years prior uh, to being medically discharged. And he already told me, he was like, you can go into the story. And I'm like, all right. Um, so he was a linguist in the Air Force, really smart guy. Like when we play trivia with our friends, he'll just pull this knowledge out of, we don't know where, <laughs> but he is just, he's a, he's, he's a smart dude. And there was a point where, um, and this now was all before I had met him, but he was doing PT with his squadron and ended up hitting his ankle in a hole in the ground. And that ended up causing a blood clot, which therefore ended up festering and leading up to his heart. And he actually had a pulmonary embolism and almost died from it. What? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, so he, he until he's on blood for life and... He messes up his ankle yeah. and then that leads to yep. a traumatic yep. heart incident. Wow. Yeah. And the, that's horrible. Yeah. So <laughs> I know <laughs> for sure. Um, but I mean, he's taken care of through the VA, which is good and you know, all that stuff too, but still it's like, it's weird that 
because I remember the day he proposed to me, he had gone into the whole spiel. Granted, it was a blur because I was I was crying at the time, obviously. Um, but he had ended up getting back from the military like a year or two prior to the day where we got engaged, you know, and it, it's just, it's crazy to think back to that, having not known him then, knowing that something could have happened where he wouldn't be here today. It just, it's a whole, it, it's one of those things where it's bigger than itself, you know, and you can't, you can't fully put it into perspective. I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's a big thing for sure. Yeah. What a strange, right. You're in this position where you go, Oh my God, this person I love yeah. almost died through what sounds like this random series of events. That's so terrifying. Yeah. Also, if he never trips in that hole and doesn't get discharged when he does, then it's also like maybe you never even meet. See, and that's the other thing of it too, you know, cause I, going back to the whole Tinder thing, um, I had said, I didn't mention this part, but I had set my distance to being in one of the bigger cities in the state. Therefore, I landed in his matches because I was close enough. So it's just one of those funny things of like, okay, if I hadn't done that, who knows if we would have met. So like if he hadn't hurt his ankle in a hole and you hadn't outright (laughs) lied, what would have happened? (laughs) Okay, I definitely okay. I did. I definitely owned up to it at the end and was like, "Hey, I'm from so and so. I didn't lie, but I just, I just stick to the truth a smidgen." Listen, if you're in a, you said you mentioned you you were in a very low public. If you got it, listen. If you're looking for love, you want to say you're in the big city, go for it. We'll deal with the rest later. Yep, yep, yep. And here we are. So. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things you, you, like I said before, you can't know how life's going to work out for you. And a lot of that, a part of that is really scary. Because I mean, going back to the whole cycle of everything too, talking about self-love, I mean, again, the journey, the journey's long. And that's not to say that my journey is identical to your journey or whoever's journey, right? It's all different for all of us. But it just feels so good to finally be at that point where I can look in the mirror. I can look in the mirror and and know my worth and know my value. Not just because I have somebody who reminds me of that on a regular basis, but because I believe it. And I I hope that everybody hits that point at some point in their life. They really do. It's not because someone else is handing that to you. It's because you believe it. Do you feel like those things went hand in hand or do you feel like you had hit that point before you met him? Oh, they went hand in hand for sure. Yeah. It took a while for, yeah, absolutely. Cause I would have those times of being like, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure you want to be with me? Cause yeah. I would, I would, I would get in my head and I, I assumed that there, I don't know. It's just that inner demon, right. And that inner, that inner voice of being, being on your shoulder of, uh, she's rude. <laughs> when she pops up, she's rude. <laughs> I hear you. I hear. I mean, I'm coming up. I'll be married seven years in August, and we have a child. And I still sometimes Congrats. go. I, thanks, but I still sometimes go. What is she doing? What is she doing? I still have those thoughts seven years in. And then on my best days, right. I remember that uh, she. she Swears up and up, swears up and down that she loves me. So I guess I should just uh, 
bite my tongue and believe it, I guess. <laughs> right, at that point of like, you, you say it enough, you're like, oh, okay. okay. If, you, if you insist that I guess I'll believe you seven years into right. marriage. But yeah, that demon, I, I still have trouble chasing it away. Still have trouble. So I have a question for you. Okay. I remembered on a previous call, a caller had brought up Shit's Creek. Yeah. Have you kept watching Shit's Creek? Oh, have I you finished Shit's Creek. It's the best. It's one of the it, best shows. Of, it's simply the best of my lifetime. It's one of the. It, oh, I see what you did. I see what you did there. <laughs> it is simply the best. There you go. Just a fantastic show that I can't recommend highly enough. Even if you're not a fan of comedy, yes. Yeah. It supersedes that after. I am so glad. I am so glad you stuck with it. Yeah. Um, Catherine O'Hara, by the way. Catherine O'Hara, one of the comedic mercenaries of our lifetime, and everyone needs to recognize that. Oh, 100%. Oh, God. Absolutely. Crushes it. We have less than a minute left, by the way. A minute? Wow, that went quick. I will go very, very quick with this last bit of a story. We had simply the best in the middle of our ceremony as music. And the spot where we got married, there was a koi pond. And believe it or not, the fish, according to the coordinator of the venue, were swimming in pairs during simply the best. So I just, I had to ask if you had finished it because then that moment would have definitely been full circle. Wow. Look at that. As if the koi themselves endorse your union. (laughs) Exactly. This has been... A Ugh. joyful conversation. I feel lucky that I was able to have it. Well, thank you. I feel exactly the same. Having been a longtime listener, this is a dream come true to be able to talk to you. And my husband and I are planning to get tickets for when you pop to our city. Um, so we're looking forward to coming to see you. Oh, that's cool. Well, maybe you, you say hello. I know I'm going to be in a few Midwestern cities. I'm going to be, in, uh, not to get the plugs in, but uh, Columbus, uh, outside of Cleveland, and then Omaha. First time in Omaha. Going to check that out. Anyway, I'll see you at one of those cities, I imagine. And first thing, last thing, though, most of all, just congratulations. What a beautiful thing. I'm so happy that you got married, that you felt great about the wedding, that you feel great about your husband. He sounds like a good guy. And I, uh, I really loved talking about all these different random topics with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Caller, thanks so much. And and once again, congrats to both you and your husband. What a beautiful thing. Thanks for letting me know about your life and where you're at and who you are and who you've been and who you will be. This show is produced by Anita Flores. It's engineered by Jared O'Connell, as well as Marcus Hom. Our theme song is by Shell Shag. Go to chrisgeth.com if you want to know more about me, including all my tour dates. And wherever you're listening, hit subscribe. Favorite follow really helps when you do. And also find our latest merch at podswag.com. We've got mugs, shirts, posters, more. Plus, if you want ad-free episodes, Beautiful Anonymous, as well as a ton of other shows, you go over to Stitcher Premium. Use that promo code STORIES for one month free. Stitcher.com slash premium.